Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. Today, Pastor Humby Cervera will share a message with you. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, Akuo Church, it's great to be with you once again for another week of services. Today, we are continuing in this series that we called Learn To. Now, last week, we started the second section of this series, which is Learn To Love. And this connects to the second part of our four L's of Akuo, which are like the pillars of how we will be in community with Jesus and one another. Now, those four L's that we want to do are listen to God, love people, lead by empowering, and link to our community. Now, what we learned last week is that we are called to choose love. No matter who the person is, we are called to love them. Now, this reminds me of a long time ago when I used to work in TV sports. I was actually a TV sports anchor, reporter, camera guy, producer. I basically did everything. Now, what happened was when I was growing up, I was very biased. I loved the Spurs and I couldn't see much past that. I hated the other team. I hated that guy. Everyone outside of the Spurs was the worst. So I'd carry this anger for these people that I'd never met before. All I knew about them was that they made it very hard for my team to win more basketball games. So one day, while I'm in TV, I have this job. The Dallas Mavericks are in town. And I was all kinds of fired up, right? Like this is a big time uh, rivalry, right? At that time, the Mavericks are one of the Spurs' greatest rivals and they would always give the Spurs all kinds of trouble. And at that time, they were led by a guy named Dirk Nowitzki. And he was one of those guys that could seemingly sink the Spurs' hopes of a win all by himself. So as a lifetime diehard Spurs fan, I didn't like him very much. Uh, And that day that they were in town and I'm working in television, I was assigned to go to the Mavericks practice. Specifically, my boss wanted us to get an interview with Dirk Nowitzki, you know, of all people. So I got to sit in at the end of practice and one by one, these Mavericks players would finish up their workout and come off the floor and do an interview. But uh, me and and a lot of the other media guys were, were just there to talk to Dirk. So we waited. And Dirk kept on working out and he kept on shooting and he kept on doing more exercises and and some more players would come off the floor, but Dirk kept on working. And finally, 25 minutes after the last Maverick player had gone to the back, Dirk finished out with this ridiculous workout and sat down in a chair next to the court. Now, I'd seen this play out with other athletes before. They would stay late working extra hard. uh, And then as the media would come up to do an interview, they would just blow us off. But this was different though. Dirk asked us to give him like a minute to wipe his face off because he was just pouring sweat and then he changed his shoes out and he sat there and he's like, okay, I can answer all your questions. What do you guys need? And as a media group, we we did exactly that. We gave him about 20 minutes worth of questions and he was well thought, funny, and fully present. And when the last question was asked, he's like, are you you guys sure you you don't need anything else from me? We let him know we were good and and then he left. Uh, That day, I was all kinds of messed up because I I didn't know how to feel. The guy that I'd wished ill on for years and years was actually super cool. One of the coolest people I ever came across in the NBA. Then I had to sit and reevaluate things. I'd always thought that he was the unlikable person, but now I was thinking, am I the unlikable person because I hated him so much? Have you guys ever had a moment like this? Have you ever built someone up in your head and then when you spent some time with them, you realized, they weren't that bad. Or has the entire situation flipped on its head and you realize that you were the one 
that should have been receiving the ill will and not actually giving it in that situation. Now, there's actually a story like this that's going to highlight that exact thing in the Bible that I want to share with you guys today. Now, before we get to that story, I want to remind you of what we went over last week. Last week, we read through Mark 12, and there Jesus laid out the two most important commandments. There in Mark 12, here's what it says. Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Now remember the New Testament's original language is Greek. And when we take a look at the Greek of this section for the word love, we can see a better insight. The Greek word used for love is agapao, which is a love you make a choice to love. It's not necessarily like the love at first sight kind of thing where you can't help but love someone, but rather this is a love that you make a conscious decision to follow through on. So we are to choose to love God, and we're supposed to choose to love our neighbors. Nothing is greater than that. Jesus used this explanation multiple times with all kinds of people. And there's actually one time that he's explaining these laws being the most important in the book of Luke that I want to spend some time with today. So just like in the book of of Mark, a person of power in the Jewish community asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? This time in Luke, it's an expert of the religious law. Basically, he's a lawyer. So this religious lawyer asks this question and gets the same answer from Jesus, to love your God and to love your neighbor. Unlike the other times in the Bible, the lawyer has a follow-up question. So let's take a look at Luke 10. There it says, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So we'll stop right there. This lawyer is trying to figure out the loophole in the system, which is very on brand with what a lawyer does, so don't blame him. But to be fair, most people of Jewish faith in that time would have felt or thought in a very similar fashion. You see, neighbor to them was a word they had a very limited meaning of in their culture. When they said neighbor, it meant those who were close in proximity to them, but also those who were also Jewish. So built into their culture, there was this idea that they would not be linked with people that were foreign or practicing a different religion. And that's why the lawyer asked this question. He wanted to justify how he treated non-Jewish people. Really, what he wants to know is who can he cut off from his love? because he didn't want to have to do more work than required. So now the ball is in Jesus' court. So how does he respond to this lawyer and his question? Well, let's jump back into the scripture. There it says, Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. So let me give you some context of this setting that Jesus lays out. 
The road from Jerusalem to Jericho was about 17 miles long, and it descended almost 2,000 feet across those 17 miles. Not only that, it was mostly desert. Now, this road was a place that thieves would be found, that these bandits would be found regularly. They would hide and wait and rob people. Not only that, in that day, clothing was a commodity. So that's why the thieves probably left him naked. It's because they were after his clothes. Then the fact that this man was beaten and left for dead might show that he didn't give up his stuff quietly. Also, it's important to mention that this man on the side of the road was more than likely Jewish since they were the ones that would travel down that road the most. Uh, there were all kinds of things and, and, and ceremonies and stuff that they'd have to go from Jerusalem to Jericho and back and forth. So here comes a few people along the path. First, a priest, a man of God, a man that would understand the Jewish laws, a man that would know by memory the Old Testament scripture that explains that we should love our neighbors as we love ourselves. He probably lived his life in a similar fashion. He was a priest, and part of his priestly duties was to help his neighbors all the time. However, this is also a man that had the same understanding of what a neighbor actually was to his culture. So the priest not only leaves the man for dead, but he couldn't even walk along the same side of the road as the man that was left for dead. Then we see the temple assistant, also known as a Levite. He's coming down the road. Now, this man wouldn't have been as knowledgeable of the scriptures, and he wouldn't normally serve the community in the way the priest would. Normally, the Levite's job was just to serve the priest and help out around the temple. Either way, this Levite, this temple assistant, probably had a good understanding of the law to love your neighbor. No matter what it was, no matter what understanding he had of this law, the temple assistant kept on walking. Now, this story actually reminds me of a time that I felt like I dealt with something like this. You see, a handful of years ago, I went to go watch this Christian conference that is broadcast globally. And it's broadcast out of Chicago, but uh, I got to go to a church here in town. And this church would show this conference on, on the screen of their auditorium, and it was totally full uh, for both days of this conference. And when you got in there, like I said, it was all full. There were probably about 800 people in that room. Now, each day, uh, most of them worked here in churches in this area. And so the last day comes, right? We're all in there, we're packed in there, and, and we have the keynote speaker who gets up there and leads us in this incredible, incredible time of prayer. And it's one of those things where you can feel the Spirit moving and it's all kinds of good stuff, and he's up there about how we can change the world and we can make it better for the people around us. And he's just getting us all fired up in his final speech and prayer, just all about how we can serve our communities. So he finishes, and I had to leave because I had to go pick up my son from school. He was just a little kid and a little baby, and, and so I had to walk out like right at, before the official dismissal. So I get out of there early, and, and to leave the church, there's one road in and one road out from that parking lot. So when I leave, I'm in a hurry because I'm already a little bit late, and I jump into the car, I start leaving, and I get about halfway down uh, this parking lot road, and I realize something feels off. So I get off my car to see that I have almost a completely flat tire. Now, I know the rest of the conference is about to leave, so I start moving as fast as possible. Now, uh, not that I have enough adversity at that point, but it's August, and it's well over 100 degrees outside. So there I am, pulling all the tools out of my truck, getting the donut out of the back of the car, and I'm working, I'm on the floor, I'm pouring sweat, just looking like a ridiculous person. It's not long after that, I start seeing that everybody's leaving. So there I am, 
taking up half of this one lane of this two lane road and people are having to drive around me to leave. There's no other way out. And I'm just sweating my face off and doing what I can to get my tire fixed. Now by the time I'm done with the tire, the parking lot is basically empty. So hundreds of people in hundreds of cars drove by me in those 20 to 30 minutes. Do you wanna know how many people asked me if I needed help? Do you know how many people looked at me and thought, maybe I should roll my window down and see if he's okay? One, one single person asked if I was okay, see how I was doing. Now, I mean, I understand, I'm, I'm pretty capable of changing a tire. I, I've done it enough to know what I'm doing. So it, it, I didn't need help. And I didn't look like I was a lost puppy while I was out there. But here's the point. We had just left a meeting, a conference, a two-day conference, where we were all on fire about getting out into the world to help our neighbors. We just left these moments where we were absolutely on fire to serve God's kingdom in every way possible. But it was an inconvenience to check on me. It was too hot for some people to roll their window down. Or they looked at me and said, oh, he's got it. He'll be fine. He doesn't need anything. I remember getting in my car when everything was over and feeling broken up over the fact that no one even asked how I was doing while they were waiting in that mega long line except that one person. This is exactly what that priest and that temple assistant did. They saw someone in need on the side of the road and they kept on walking. They actually scooted around to go around to make sure they didn't have to interact with that person. So let's jump back into the scripture to see how Jesus finishes out the story. There it says, Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. So here is this person, a Samaritan. And I like how Jesus emphasized this point by saying he was despised. So this man who doesn't know the law, this man has no idea about who God is or what he says. He doesn't know that God said for us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. The Samaritan looks at the guy on the side of the road and something happens. Jesus said that the Samaritan felt compassion. And what's really cool is when you get into the Greek word for compassion, it literally means that his insides started to move. So when the Samaritan looks over to the side of the road, his stomach starts to churn. My friend Pastor Lee Wong would call it stomach churning sickness. And the Samaritan's bowels are shaken because of the condition of the man that's on the side of the road. And that Samaritan chooses to help. The compassion that he felt overcame any prejudice that he may have felt against the Jewish people or any prejudice that he felt from the Jewish people that hated him for nothing more than being born a Samaritan. The Samaritan's compassion and love is on the other side of the spectrum from the lack of emotion given by the priest and the Levite, Levite toward one of their own neighbors. Remember, this man was Jewish. He fell within the definition the priest and Levite had for a neighbor. His compassion led the Samaritan to choose love for the victim of this crime. Now, when you think about it, the Samaritan man was vulnerable. He was in a place where there were bandits and thieves that might jump out and beat him. 
and he was reaching out to a man from another culture, a culture that hated him. Even with all that at play, the Samaritan chose to love this victim. Then you see how the Samaritan cares for the man on the side of the road. He uses oil to soothe the victim's wounds and wine to, to disinfect those wounds. Which, by the way, sometimes at the end of a hard day, we just got to disinfect the inner wounds that we have with, with the glass. You know, it's okay. So the ways the Samaritan were helping the victim were household remedies, right? They were household remedies for these wounds, but they were not cheap. Oil and wine were not cheap during that time. Then the Samaritan gets the man on his donkey and probably walks the rest of the way to Jericho. Then when they get to the town, you've got to understand what happens here at the innkeeper. Two silver coins doesn't seem like much, but a day of manual labor would get you one silver coin back then. So the Samaritan gives him two full days salary to take care of this man that was beaten that he doesn't know that comes from a different culture. Not only that, but one silver coin would pay for about 12 days of care at the inn. So the Samaritan just paid for almost a month of care for this man that he picked up on the side of the road. This is such an over-the-top way of loving someone that was a total stranger, that was from a culture that hated him. Now the next part is my favorite part. Let's see how Jesus finishes this story out for the lawyer. Let's go back to Luke. There it says, now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So Jesus turned the whole thing around. Just like me at the start of this message, it turns out the lawyer was wrong. He was asking the wrong question. The lawyer starts by asking, who is my neighbor? And Jesus says a neighbor is someone that shows mercy, someone that chooses to love people around them no matter what you think the law of your culture says. So that brings us to our big idea for today. If you only remember one thing from my message today, let it be this. Choose love over law. Choose love over law. We have to choose the love that Jesus talks about over the laws that have been instituted or pressed on us by all these people that have cultural influence. We have to listen to what God, Jesus, had to say to us so we can love people, all of our neighbors. And I wanna empower you to lead your family in this, to lead your friends in this. I want us to be able to link to our community through love. I want us to love our neighbors with compassion. We might be good neighbors now, but all of us can be better neighbors. Let's be better neighbors. Let's show love and compassion to every single person we come across. It shouldn't matter what they look like, how they dressed, what color skin they have, what religion they might practice, or even who they will be voting for in this presidential election. Let's choose to love them even if there will be people in our groups that have set laws against us getting along. So here's what I want you to do this week. Love someone on the other side. Choose love over law. You don't have to hate people that disagree with you. You don't have to hate people that are in a different group than you. I want you to find someone that you don't agree with on something huge. I want you to think about that person, find them, 
and then let them know that you love them. So Democrats, what I want you to do is reach out to a Republican and let them know you love them. Republicans, reach out to a Democrat and let them know you love them. Us Christians should reach out to someone that doesn't believe what we do and let them know that we love them. I also want someone to do the unthinkable, okay? Listen to me. I want a Cowboys fan to reach out to a Texans fan and let them know you love them. Now, I don't know if I can pull that one off, but I hope somebody out there can go ahead and do that. <laughs> but seriously, guys, we need to be a church, a community that is known by the way we choose to love people, the way we choose to love over law. You are a neighbor if you have compassion and if you love people. Now, in addition to all this, if you are shown love by someone from the other side, I don't want you to turn that away. I want you to accept that gift that you are being given. And we all need to accept the gift from that Samaritan on the other side. And really, when you look at this story that Jesus tells, the Samaritan is just like Jesus. You see, the Samaritan is considered an outcast by the religious elite. And Jesus was directly opposed by the religious establishment at that time, much like the Samaritan. The religious establishment actually despised both Jesus and the Samaritan. They wanted Jesus dead. And even with that, the Samaritan still chose to so lavishly take care of the injured man on the side of the road. He put himself in danger to save people who were perishing. And it was the same with Jesus. He looked at each and every one of us. He was able to see you before you were born. He saw how you were gonna struggle in the world. He saw how you were gonna mess up and he saw how the world was going to steal from you and leave you from dead. So as Jesus saw this, I can only imagine that he was filled with compassion. I can only imagine as he saw this, he was filled with stomach churning sickness. So much so that he laid his life down for you. He laid his life down to make up for all the ways you've fallen short. He has covered up our bumps and bruises so lavishly and gone above and beyond to take care of us. He did it so we can spend an eternity with him. He also did it so when we have been cared for and we are, when we are back on our feet, we can let the love that he showed for us overflow. So it can overflow into other people that need it. So we can choose to love people more than the law. Today, I want you to receive that. I want you to receive the love God has for you. As we just read, it's very simple for you to do. All you have to do is accept the love Jesus has for you. Before, you might have thought that God didn't want you because you've been at odds with his people. That because Christians have treated you in a certain way that God didn't want anything to do with you. I want you to know this isn't true. He is there to pick you up off the side of the road when you are bruised, when you are beaten, and when you've been left for dead. He doesn't care what the holy person says. He doesn't care about what that priest says. God said, I'm choosing you. It's the agapal love. So if you want to receive his love today, I want you to pray along with me. And if this is the first time you're ever doing this, it might be a little bit scary, but I just want you to trust and lead into God in these moments. He wants to take care of you. So let's all bow our heads as a community right now, because here at Akua Church, nobody ever prays alone. You always have a community praying with you. 
So if you want to pray, just go ahead and bow your head and pray something like this along with me. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for laying down your life for me. Thank you for choosing me even though I've messed up so many times. I don't want to do life on my own. I don't want to stay dying on the side of this road. I just want to live my life with you. Thank you for choosing love. Jesus, today, I choose you. Amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to do something that might be a little out of your comfort zone. I want you to type in the chat, I believe. So just type those two words into the chat, I believe. Now, I want you to know that I'm so proud of you. God is so proud of you. All of heaven is so proud of you. And as a matter of fact, all of heaven is celebrating the decision that you just made. And so right now, as all of heaven is throwing a party, I want to do the same thing for you in the chat room right now. So let's go ahead, as we see all these people write that, that stuff in, type in their little message. I want us to celebrate that. So type in some excited emojis, maybe like the dancing lady, confetti, you know, one of those things, whatever it is that you might be, let them know that you are excited for them and that you are with them. Now, if you've been a believer, whether it's been for the last five decades or the last five seconds, it just happened, and you just want to ask for some help choosing love, I want you to pray this prayer along with me. So go ahead and pray something like this. Jesus, thank you for being such a great example of how to love. Thank you for loving me. Today, show me how I can choose love over law. Show me how I need to love. Let me see their faces and hear the voices of the people that I need to show love to. Show me who I need to reach out to. Jesus, let me be like the Good Samaritan. Let me be moved by compassion. Make my stomach churn so I can move towards them in love. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. So thanks to all of you for being a part of our service here at Akuo. Now just remember, if you need anything at all, don't hesitate to message us on our social media platforms or by going to our website, akuo.church, A-K-O-U-O.church, to contact us. Or you can email me directly, humby.sedveta at akuo.church. Now, if you liked our service and you want to share it with someone, or if you missed any of our services we have done over the last few weeks, you can always go back and watch them on our YouTube channel. You can also listen to our services while you're in the car, on the go, uh, by downloading our audio podcast. Now, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Now, while you're on any of these, what we would love for you to do is like, subscribe, and rate our sermons or our pages. Now, by doing this, the algorithms of each site will put us in front of more and more people. So by doing that, you will actually help us spread the gospel by doing something incredibly simple. Next, I want to talk about how we practice generosity here at Akuo. What we do is practice the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. We believe that when you trust God with anything in your life, there is a blessing. And we believe that it's the same with your finances. Now, I'm not saying that because you tithe, you're going to end up like rolling around with this ridiculous beach house or this awesome river house that you can go hang out at on the weekends. That's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is that you will receive a spiritual blessing. This is the one of the areas that we can really trust God and see how He works when we trust in Him. The way that you can do that here at Akuo Church is by going to our website, akuo.church, that's A-K-O-U-O.church, 
And when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have added two new ways that you can tithe here at Akuo. We have our text to tithe option. Uh, for that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to, the number 77977. When you do it the first time, you will have to sign up, but after that, tithing will be as simple as a text message. We also have our PO box up and running if you would like to send your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. Now, if you are giving electronically through our website, one of the things you'll notice when you look at the giving on our website is a new line item that you can give to. It's our drive-through trunk or treat. Now, this Halloween, we will be linking to our community by serving all the parents and kids with a safe trunk or treat experience. Like I said, it's going to be a drive-through, so that means that we'll be doing everything we can to keep it safe. We'll be wearing, all be wearing masks, all the candy will be wrapped in little bags ahead of time. And not only that, we'll have those little grabbers to hand to kids, you know, the, the things that you reach, that's like, that gives you an extra three feet, uh, where we'll hand out candy bags like that. So without making any direct contact with anyone. By doing this in these ways, this should be safer than going to pick up food from a drive-through. So we want to invite you to join us on that day. So if you have kids, we want you to drive through and let us serve you. Or if you want to help, you can click on the link in the chat right now, or you can go to our social media channels and find that link to sign up to help. We've had so many ways that you can help. You can have one of the cars that will hand out bags of candy. You can help by wrapping candy bags ahead of time. You can help with our safety or our traffic teams to make sure that uh, we have a safe and, and fun Halloween. Or you can make a contribution towards the supplies that we need. This event will take place on Saturday, October 31st from 4 to 6 p.m. in the church parking lot. So one last thing. Each Wednesday night, we have a Bible study through Zoom, and it's a time where we all get together online, we sing some worship songs, we read through the Bible, and we pray with one another. And guys, I can't tell you how much joy and fun I have in this group every single week, and we would love to see you there. Not only that, if you go, we want you to invite some people to go along with you. The link for the Zoom meeting is posted in all of our social media right now. Okay, guys, that's all that we have for you today. I want you to know that I love you and I'm praying for each and every one of you all week long. So let me pray over you one last time before we go. So Jesus, as everyone clicks off their browser, turns off their TV and puts away their phone, I ask that you would be speaking to them in all the ways that you choose to speak. I ask that you would help them choose love over law this week. I pray that you would help them get rid of all the bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander as well as all types of evil behavior in their life. I ask that you would help them be kind to each other, compassionate toward each other, forgiving one another, just as Christ forgave all of us. Thank you, Lord. We love you. And we pray these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, guys, that's it. We'll see you on Wednesday at our Zoom group. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.